cliffcentral.com. All right, let's talk to George Meany, who's on the line. Hello, George. How are you this Friday morning? Gareth Cliff St. Pierre, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm really good. Awesome. What's happening? Um, well, firstly, this is a, a, a surprising um, thing. In the state of Texas, um, if you are um, uh, caught drunk driving or you uh, um, get convicted for drunk driving, mm-hmm. you there's a law that's just been passed where you have to pay child support for the person that you killed kids. What? So if you have an accident and you kill a parent, you have to now pay child support for that parent's kids. Um, uh, if you, uh, uh, if, if obviously it was your fault, if you drove driving, obviously it was your fault, but that's, that's a brand new law in Texas. If you, um, uh, uh, if you kill some, if you kill a parent now, most people are parents in the world. Yes, of course. So therefore drunk driving just becomes uh, a lot more dangerous because you're going to have to pay for the rest of your life. If that person's got children. Well, it'll make, hopefully make people drive a little more responsibly. But, of course, people don't think that far ahead. So all it's going to do is end up with uh, people with much, much bigger bills to pay. And, and maybe that's a good thing. Yeah, well, exactly. I mean, think before you drink, I'd say. Okay. Absolutely. Think before you drink. And then uh, uh, one, of the, one of the images you got there, Gareth, is a glow-in-the-dark road. So Australia is hmm. trialing glow-in-the-dark road markings. Wow. You can see they lay this, this little gooey yeah, substance nice. or whatever it is over the, uh, over the road markings. And then uh, um, it absorbs sun during – I mean, you've seen these things. You get them in the little stars and things you put on the walls and, and, and you stick on stuff. It's actually con- – it's, it's contained in watches, the watches' hands. A lot of sports watches have these glow, this glow-in-the-dark substance. Um, it's the same stuff that they're trialing on, uh, on roads. So I think this is brilliant. Uh, is it very, very expensive? Because, I mean, it's already expensive enough to just tar our roads. In fact, just to keep our roads in South Africa free of potholes is expensive enough. Um, but if it were practical, do you think it would, it would be something we could do all over the world? Um, so this is one of, the, one of the big problems because it's costing uh, U.S., I should I say, Australian taxpayers, $4 million Australian dollars, which is 48, 49 million rand, in order to trial this in the state of Victoria only. Sure. Um, yeah. So very expensive thing. There are already a lot of naysayers with this saying um, that it's a money pit. Uh, um, people are going to uh, paint the roads and it's going to have radioactive materials. Funny how something that glows gets tainted with it's radioactive yeah exactly um, and uh, um and then some people say well why put glow in the dark road markings on the road because people are going to turn off their light- headlights um you know so, so some dumb things um hmm. yeah I, I i don't know that this is practical i'm glad that the australians are wasting their money on testing it out first but who knows i mean they may, they may come up with a a cheaper alternative. The reason that people think anything that glows in the dark is radioactive is not complete nonsense. Um, it comes from uh, using radium in old watch dials. Uh, people used to have oh. those glow-in-the-dark watch dials, and they actually used to contain small amounts of radium, which is, is a radioactive substance and can be very, very dangerous in, in large concentrations. And the poor women used to have to paint those on 
to the the watch faces, a lot of them died of, of various forms of cancer very shortly after working in those factories back in the early parts of the 1900s. I did not know that. I did not know that there was radium and that's why it glowed. Yeah, you uh, still get some. Some of those watches are still around. Oh, wow. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I don't know. I don't know what's in this uh, in, in in the road markings. It didn't say in the uh, in the write up, but uh, maybe right. you're right. Maybe there's maybe something dodgy makes it uh, makes it glow. And then um, and then Gareth and Simpiwe are usually usual weekly uh, car trivia. Are you ready? Excellent. Yes. Let's do it. I'm, of course, I'm ready. I love this. This is my favorite part of a Friday. <laughs> so go. first uh, first question and uh, what. Year was the first commercial radio introduced to a car. Hmm. Simpiwe, you go first. Yo, what year was the first commercial radio? First commercial radio introduced in a car. Yo, yo, yo. Um, I would go with something. Hmm. Maybe ninety. No, I think somewhere in the eighties. I would go somewhere in the eighties. So, nineteen eighty something, like no eighty-two. Way. way too late. I'd say nineteen thirties. Yeah, spot on. Exactly nineteen thirty. Nineteen thirty. The first commercial mm. radio was introduced to a car. Gareth's got one point. Thank you. Woo! I love winning. Okay, go on. Okay, what is the smallest car ever made? Now, uh, Gareth, you have a picture of it, so uh, this is going to be <laughs> some viewers' one. Yes. <laughs> what was the uh, smallest car ever made? I don't think you're going to get this in viewers, but uh, let's see. The smallest? Well, I mean, like I know a Beetle's quite small, so I don't, I don't know if it gets. I don't know what the real or the tuk tucks are also small, so I don't know. I, I mm, mm. Well, we were talking oh. about one of these just the other day because they've they've now got these Uber, these little yellow Uber, whatever they call them. Aren't those um, tuk tucks? Those small. They're kind of, they're about tuk tuk size, but that's not even yeah. the smallest. Let me show you a picture that uh, George has found us of the smallest cars. Oh, that's that's it. I mean, you could it's barely human size, right? I mean, I couldn't fit in that car. It's called a Peel 50. That's what it's called. A, a Peel P50. <laughs> Who's supposed to drive it? That's for kids. Like That's just like, yo, a grown human is going to enter that. Like, how? That's, that's ridiculous, George. No, you can't tell me that humans will fit in that. Well, they, I mean, if you Google it, the Peel P50, you'll see uh, grown men inside that car. Yes, uh, hunched up a little bit, but uh, there are grown men. That's sitting inside that car. Uh, I don't know. Man. Maybe Mr. Bean, you know, is on that car. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Okay, so so that is a real car, and it and it yes, works. And you can you can license that and drive it around on the roads. Correct. You can. You can. Right. So uh, next next question: Who was the blind mechanical engineer who invented cruise control in 1948? George, that's way There's just no way in hell I'm going to get that right. I'm sorry. <laughs> His name was Ralph Titor, uh, and he was blind. Oh. oh. Well, okay. you, caught, you, caught, you caught us blind. You blindsided us with that question, so I'm sorry. That was a very good question. Okay, but the, the, next three, the next three aren't bad. So uh, um, uh, what year was the first power-operated retractable 
hard top introduced. Now, remember, we spoke about the retractable hard top last week, mm -hmm. but it wasn't power operated. I'm talking about the power operated hard top. You know, you push it was, a button and it comes down. Yeah. Uh, okay. I, that, I, that I'm going to stick to my answer from last time where I was wrong and say somewhere in the 90s. Mm. What are you going to say? Some Hey, I'll stick to my... There's something about the 80s. I'm feeling very nostalgic. 1980-something. <laughs> it's, funny, it's funny how we choose years that we lived in, but this was introduced in 1934. Oh, yeah. wow. 1934. Oh, I mean, why did they even bother with the soft tops in between if they had retractable hard tops? It makes you think. Uh, it's it's kind of crazy, right? Exactly, exactly. This one you should get... What vehicle holds the record for the fastest electric production built electric car in the world? Fastest production built electric. Isn't it Tesla? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm thinking it's a Tesla too. I'm, I'm going to say somewhere in 2015, 2016, somewhere around there. The Tesla Roadster 2020 model. Okay. Yeah. All right. Sorry, you asked for the car. I was I was still thinking of years. Sorry. But there okay. we go. Simpiwe, no, no, you're right. 2020. 2020 is the year. 2020. Okay. And technically, Simpiwe can get that point just for saying the Tesla, but she didn't give exactly the, the model. Very good. Model of the year, 2020. Tesla <laughs> Roadster in 2020. And then very finally, how long does it take? This is an interesting question. How long does it take an airbag to inflate during a crash? It should be quite fast, like 0 0.2 seconds. I, I, it should be very fast, right? I know they use, something called, they use something called sodium amide to make it happen, and it's, it's meant to be faster than anything else because it's, um, it's, it's like, it's like 2.5 2 seconds. 40 milliseconds. Jeez, that's quick. Wow. wow. That's, sure. that's, that's bound to be quicker than, than most human reactions, or is that not right? I'm pretty sure it is. I'm pretty sure it's quicker than human thought. Extraordinary. Uh, wow, what sure a thing. Human thought. Right, and that's it this. for Friday. I love it. Okay, so we finished the Friday with lots of interesting facts. We've been all over the place this week, um, and it's been a really, really cool week. But enjoy your weekend, everybody. We will see you next week. Ciao. Bye-bye. Cliffcentral.com